I, I really like all of the little background things in Bojack. Yeah, me too. Just do a podcast about them. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watched season three, episode ten. It's called It's You. What a fun episode. <laughs> Good times all around. It was kind of fun. There's fun stuff in it. Lots of weird stuff in the background at the party. Yes, that was good. Okay. Do we have any housekeeping or anything to do? don't think so. Okay. So far, no one has sent us a baby Bojack doll in the mail. Disappointing. But yep. There's still time. It probably had to come from far away. <laughs> I just wanted to mention, you know how we had that conversation last week about the crossover of... We mentioned that tattoo that had Rick and Morty and Bojack in it. I recently ordered some, like a, a print with Princess Carolyn on it, and it came with a Pickle Rick sticker. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> there must be a lot of crossover between those two shows, or else they'd, that would be really weird. They'd be like... What the hell is this pickle with a face I'm getting? <laughs> See, the thing is, Pickle Rick is so ubiquitous that I feel like most people who haven't seen Rick and Morty will still recognize Pickle Rick, but possibly not as Rick. Like, oh, it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah, that pickle with a face on it that's fucking everywhere. What does it all mean? <laughs> I've been listening to Harmontown, which is Dan Harmon's podcast. I'm still listening to episodes from 2012, but you can just see the character of Rick in his words. Like, he is <laughs> definitely a cross between Rick and Jeff from Community. Like, that is him. That's how he wrote those characters. It's really interesting. But anyway, this isn't a Rick and Morty podcast. This is a Bojack Horseman podcast. Maybe that's what we'll do next. Maybe. <laughs> I think we're discussed that haven't we decided against it yeah i think that that was like one of the first ideas of things to do a podcast about that you pitched was rick and morty because that was like similarly to bojack horseman it's a show that we both like enough that we would have things to say mm. but i don't wanna <laughs> no i don't wanna it's already depressing thinking this hard about bojack horseman i don't want to think that hard about rick and morty i agree Right, so this episode starts with, we can see the stage, and it's the Academy Award nominations announcement, which actually happens in the morning. I found that out recently. Hmm. It happens at like 5am. <laughs> There's all those people like wearing black tie and stuff. They get dressed up for this event that happens, you know, before the sun comes up. It's weird. I bet a lot of people just stay up. <laughs> Is the Oscars statue always a bunny? I feel like we've seen a trophy in the background before and it was a deer, maybe? Yeah, but... Maybe that was a golden globe? Uh, yeah. It'd be sort of cool if they rotated the animal, though. Yeah, that would be cool. Is it a bunny with a sword? Is that what he had between him? Yeah, he's, it's. I think it's a sword. Does the Oscar statue have a sword? I can't remember. I thought it was just a man. Men are usually holding swords? <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, yeah, he is holding a sword. Oh. Interesting. It's a lot subtler, like it just kind of looks like its arms are crossed and then the sword comes like right down between the legs, so it's actually not that obvious unless you're looking for it. Oh, okay. Do you reckon that's just a design feature to like hide the penis? 
Maybe. If that's the way they picked, it's a little on the nose, though. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, A knight standing on a reel of film gripping a crusader's sword. Ah, okay. Nice. Okay. Well, someone reckons that it's to hide the penis. You could just not put the penis in. Just have it like a candle. Yeah. So we see the stage and Mr. Peanut Butter's called out onto the stage by the voiceover woman a couple of times. And then it says, comes up with flash forward. I think it's like 36 minutes later. And Mr. Peanut Butter rushes onto the stage and he is clearly late. And he announces the nominations for the best actor. And you've got the George Clooney guy that I can't say his name. And Colin Firth, Michael Fassbender, and Brad Poot, and Bojack. And then we go to Bojack's house, and we see Anna and Bojack sitting on the end of his bed watching the nominations. And Anna asks Bojack how he feels, and then he, he just replies that he feels exactly the same. And I liked the way they drew him with this. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel... I, I, I feel... I feel... The same puffs up his chest and he looks like muscular and like thin and then he just like deflates and he goes back to his normal self and then Bojack starts kind of freaking out and he's talking about how he feels like he's drowning basically it sounds like he's having a panic attack Anna tells him to stop fetishizing his own sadness which is a line that will be brought up again and she also mentions how she was in a car accident when she was younger that like went off the side of a a cliff into some water and the car was sinking and she was like freaking out and she couldn't work out which way to swim but she just stopped and opened her mouth and saw which ways the bubbles went and knew that she had to swim in that direction basically demonstrating the importance of breathing when you're stressed it like had its own like animation and stuff in this like really moody like watercolor yeah it was really interesting Anna seems like a transplant from a show that takes itself much more seriously she does that's a good point she never really makes jokes or anything and she has serious stuff going on she might have murdered someone there was that sexual violation stuff that happened before they were dating yeah bojack kind of brushes off the oscar nomination saying it's not really that important and anna points out that actually no winning the oscar will be validation for how he always thought that he was a special person and that people told him he wasn't but now the special people are going to tell him that he's important you must have known it all your life and all your life people told you that you were wrong that you weren't special that you were just like everybody else but now the special people are saying you were right bojack you were right which uh lifts bojack's mood he gets really excited and it's like well then we better have a big party there's a lot going on in the party it seems like he's basically just invited everyone that lives in la (laughs) yep everybody we've ever seen there's a guy crushing a beer can on his head and then there's one of those buffalo bikers who crashes an entire keg on his own head there's a human wearing one of those generic wolf shirts but the wolf has like a jacket on and he's about to hit a humanoid piñata mm-hmm. like a humanoid donkey i guess i think piñatas are donkeys there's a bunch of the party lemurs that sarah lynn knows that seem to just turn up to every party there's an ostrich who looks really cool there's a heron who has a denim jacket that says bad bird on it and there's an elephant drinking with his trunk from the chili cheese fountain that's at the party while a hummingbird hovers and drinks from the elephant's glass 
There's a lemur funneling beer into a human man's mouth while the human funnels another drink into the mouth of an anteater lying on the ground. Okay. There's a couple of people hanging out in the pool with on those like pool floater things and one of them is normal in that it looks kind of like a duck but the other one just looks like a human and oh. it's terrifying and I want one. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. There should be many more novelty human-shaped things in this universe mm. if there are still novelty animal-shaped things. Do you think that your or owl version of yourself would collect like human figurines. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. There's also a shark at the party. I hope that it's the shark that chased Bojack in the underwater episode and they're friends now. I can't think of any other sharks that he knows, but I guess it could just be a random shark we've never seen. Oh, cool. So at the party, Bojack keeps getting sent free things. So he gets like this giant chocolate Oscar. Is that a real thing? I don't think so. I think it was a joke. I haven't ever heard of it before, but it wouldn't surprise me if there was a company that did that. I googled it and it doesn't seem like it's real, but someone has just made a life-size sculpture out of chocolate of Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, okay. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is great, because, like, the, the picture is, like, the statue, and then there's just, like, a woman standing next to it laughing. <laughs> was she the person who made it, or the person who purchased it? I don't think so, because the caption is, Hilarious, a lady bursts into laughter after spotting the six-foot homage to Mr. Cumberbatch. <laughs> Mr. Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh, and then there's someone who's made a cupcake that looks like Oscar the Grouch. Okay, Google Images. There's no need to insult me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we see that he's getting like free things. Oh, he gets a Tesla. That's also important. And he demands that that be put in his living room. Hang on, did they... How did they get the car into his living room without ruining his front door? Because it's just in there. No idea. Yeah, then, then Diane shows up. <laughs> You said that's so def defeated. <laughs> it's weird, because, like, there should be more people there that he actually knows. Like, I guess... Hmm. Well, Mr. Peanut Butter is going to show up. Diane has shown up. He's probably currently not quite on speaking terms with Princess Carolyn. Yeah. And even if he was, she's busy. Does he know anyone else? Just Todd. And we kind of know why Todd isn't there. I mean, Anna's there. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically sort of alienated most of the people that he usually hangs out with. So sad. <laughs> so Diane and Bojack go speak on the balcony. This is all really something. But I actually just came because I heard about the nomination and I wanted to make sure you're okay. That's a funny way of saying congratulations. Well, I know how this kind of thing can sometimes send you spinning. Oh God, why doesn't this make me happy? Will anything make me happy? I'm an empty husk. That kind of thing. Well, thank you for that. Diane points out how she'd like to be his social media manager at this point because the party would make a really good Snapchat story and he is kind of like, that's rude. It's too bad I'm not managing your social campaign anymore because this party would make a great Snapchat story. You are not going to make me feel guilty about leaving Princess Carolyn. That's something I hadn't really thought of, but yeah, like if he fires Princess Carolyn, he is firing Vim, which means that Diane also doesn't work for him anymore either. Yeah. Whereas that was just kind of left out of the whole thing. Yeah, it's a really good point. It wasn't mentioned last episode. It's interesting that she didn't go to like, you would also be firing Diane, who you also care about, and also I would probably have to fire Diane if we lost you as a client, which is what ends up happening. Yeah. I guess it would pull focus a little bit from what they were talking about. Bojack ends up giving Diane a hard time about her job, you know, pointing out this isn't, you know, what she could be using her talents for. Honestly, I don't even know what you're doing over there. Tweeting for celebrities? Well, actually, I don't- When I met you, you were so 
cool. You used to actually care about shit. Diane takes this really hard. She lists all the thing with throughout the season that she's found kind of hard. Maybe I'm tired of everyone yelling at me and sending death threats to my house and all my friends thinking I'm annoying and getting in fights with my husband and seeing little refugee boys die in hospital bombings. Um, and they end up having an argument. I'm not like you, okay? I don't fetishize my own sadness. I don't fetishize my own sadness. Sure. Diane basically says that if he does win the Oscar, he's going to go home alone and be really sad and kill himself because they won't have anybody around. And then she leaves and he's like standing in the party and just starts yelling like, Listen to that chanting, Diane. The chanting don't lie. There's going to be plenty of people around when I kill myself. <laughs> so he goes in to see Anna. She's doing press stuff on the phone talking about how Bojack didn't even realize about the nomination because he was asleep, which obviously isn't true. Bojack comes in and asks her if they're all good and if their relationship is going to continue after all the Oscar season hype. And she is super evasive. Yeah, I guess that's part of her job. What we have, it's more than just an Oscar campaign, right? I need to go. What? There's work to be done. We got the nomination, but now the real battle begins. Enjoy your party. Stop worrying about the future. So we see Bojack moving through time, kind of in a weird headspace. It's a lot like the opening credits. Yeah, because then he jumps into the Tesla and he reverses it into the pool. And he kind of just floats out of his seat and closes his mm -hmm. eyes. And that's when Mr. Peanut Butter like pulls him up out of the pool. He doesn't just close his eyes. He crashes his car into water, breathes, sees the bubbles going up to the surface and knows which way to swim, and then closes his eyes and gives up. Oh, okay. Which I think is crucial and super depressing, yep. given the context of that story at the beginning of the episode. That's a good point. And I feel like that's basically just very indicative of both jack in general that he basically always knows what the right thing to do would be he just doesn't do it oh yeah oh god that's so sad okay well mr peanut butter's there and he pulls him up out of the pool kind of gets the water out of his lungs yes yeah, so he'd like he'd really given up he'd taken a breath of water maybe he was just thirsty <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can see which way to swim, but I'm just gonna have a quick drink of water. With Gotta make sure you drink lots of water when you're drinking alcohol so you don't get a hangover. Oh, oops, I drowned. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese fountain has been, like, spilling and dribbling into the pool, and it's just kind of hanging there because it's congealed when it hits the pool. It's just there oh, in the background. I didn't nice notice detail. that. That's disgusting. The next interaction is really weird. Mr. Peanut Butter, thank God you're okay. Better than okay, I I'm wonderful. Thanks to you, you wonderful man. Bojack thanks Mr. Peanut Butter, like, partly for pulling him out of the pool, but also for reading his name out. And the look he has on his face in between the <laughs> words is really weird. Like, he obviously doesn't mean saying thank you, but he does it anyway. It's real weird. Yeah, his brain's kind of starved of oxygen and he's real drunk and probably has done a lot of drugs. Oh, that is And his life is a mess. Mm, okay. It's honestly hard to read anything into any of Bojack's behavior at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then Mr. Peanut Butter after Bojack's on thanking him is, says about that. And then we get a 
a flashback to three weeks ago. So we see a black crow on a wire, kind of coughing and spluttering, and it takes... It's a raven on a wire. Oh, is it? Sorry. It's wearing a tuxedo. It is. Very dapper. And it's smoking. And Mr. Peanut Butter gives this really solemn speech. It's kind of like poetry. Raven on a wire. A gloomy portent precariously perched. And as the sun sets, so does it spread its deathly shadow across the just and unjust of the outdoor seating area of the California Pizza Kitchen. Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd are looking for a bigger office space for the business. Todd's kind of talking to the real estate agent, you know, explaining what the business is. <laughs> and Mr. Peanut Butter is just very solemn. And she's like, is he okay? And Todd's like, yeah, he's found out his brother's sick. So okay. apparently that's weighing on... Mr. Peanut Butter's mind, which is fair enough. And next we see Princess Carolyn's office. Um, and I presume this is still three weeks ago, but we see Princess Carolyn drinking wine and Judah mentions that losing Bojack was definitely a blow and they're going to have to shut the company down a bit. And then next we see Princess Carolyn firing Diane. And she kind of takes mm. it well. She mentions she never really thanked Princess Carolyn for giving her the job. It was an honor to work with you. You were the worst social media coordinator this company ever had. So I presume, I think got this on the second watch through, but when Diane went to the party, she's actually already been fired, hasn't she? I guess so. And she she didn't mention that to Bojack, or she went to and Bojack cut her off, I'm not sure. Although Bojack was definitely being a dick when he says this, Diane wasn't very good at the job and didn't like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we go back to Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's house. And Mr. Peanut Butter's in the lounge room talking to his brother on the phone about, kind of about the surgery. And he gets a call from, is it Shep Von Trapp? Basically this really fancy dog. He's a corgi, I think. Or maybe oh, a Pomeranian. Okay. One of those. Yeah, so Mr. Peanut Butter gets that call, so he kind of puts his brother on hold while he takes it. And we find out that Jimmy Fallon was going to do the announcement, but he was about to walk <laughs> into the Halloween in July store that Todd and Mr. Peanut Butter set up. Isn't it Halloween in January? Oh, yeah. What did I say? July. Although, like, it can't be January. Or is it a year later now? Or I guess the Halloween store never shut. It's very unclear what went on with that place. Yeah. Now, this is, like, James Garfield and stuff still in the basement of that place? Oh, my God. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually walk into it. He takes a selfie with it and gets hit by a bus. <laughs> oh, it was Kevin... Kevin Bigley. It wasn't really Jimmy Fallon. She's good. They were kind of making fun of him. I know it's dumb, but I'm finding it hard talking and breathing at the same time. <sighs> oh, that's concerning. <laughs> it's just my cold. I can't use my nose. Follow the air bubbles, page. Follow the air bubbles. <laughs> so, yeah, the Shep Von Trapp guy, he asks Mr. Peanut Butter to host the Oscar nomination announcements. Mr. Peanut Butter's like, yeah, okay. But basically he goes back to his brother and is like, hey, I have to do this, but it's the same day as your operation. And his brother is like, do it. You should do it. Yeah, so Mr. Peanut Butter says he'll do it only if his brother promises that he'll tell him immediately how the operation goes. And Mr. Peanut Butter promises to never part from his phone. In the background of Von Trapp's part of the conversation, there are like ballerinas stretching on a bar and like three of them are human, but one is a frill-necked lizard yeah. in a fancy ballerina costume. And that was really cool. That was cool. A frill-necked lizard's only in Australia or? Pretty sure, yeah. Oh, cool. But when Captain Peanut Butter is trying to convince Mr. Peanut Butter to do the thing, he says, what did Nana Peanut Butter always say? 
Always, Always take, take every, every opportunity, opportunity that comes your way because opportunities are like sneezes from God. And when God sneezes, you can't say God bless you to God. So instead, you have to take the opportunity. I'm cold. Will you pass me that blanket? I feel like we have to talk about the fact that Nana is not a military rank. Oh, uh, yeah. We know that his wife is Mrs. Captain Peanut Butter, so mm-hmm. maybe women don't get ranks in the Labrador hierarchy because they just take their husband's name. Yeah. Maybe she should then be like Nana General Peanut Butter if she was named after her husband, but maybe if the husband dies, then you just pick, or like maybe, uh, I'd, nah, I want a chart. Ugh, <laughs> so frustrating. Raphael. <laughs> One day we'll get the opportunity to ask some questions. I was thinking, like, what would we do if, like, if we, like, emailed Lisa Hannawalt or Raphael Bob Waxberg and we're like, hey, do you want to come be interviewed on our Bojack Horseman podcast? And they said yes. God, that would be so... We wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. It'd be terrifying. Let's not even discuss it. (laughs) Um, All right, so now we see the, the morning of the announcement and word goes around that they're all ready to fetch the envelope and give it to mm-hmm. Mr. Peanut Butter. So there's they make a huge deal out of it. So there's like a Von Trapp goes to a security guard who is a gorilla, tells him it's time, and then the gorilla goes into a door that says keep out and it's like this weird temple place and there's like these two hooded figures. And yeah, they, there's like monks, I guess. They refer to each other as brothers and they each have one key to the door. And they turn it and open the door and get this golden envelope out. And then Von Trapp takes that envelope to Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah, Todd's there for some reason. They fuss about the envelope and Mr. Peanut Butter's phone. Todd is Mr. Peanut Butter's comfort animal. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. He's a little helper, just by his side. He's an emotional support, Todd. Yeah, so in the fuss, Mr. Peanut Butter drops his phone and it kind of gets kicked through the door and then we follow it around and there's this, like, song that's great. It's his ringtone. It's the thing for his house, for, oh. for his show, Mr. Peanut Butter's house. Oh. Like, they're playing it louder for us, but it, oh. I'm pretty sure, because it starts ringing and it like it's the start of his theme song, which we've heard a bunch of times, but this is the first time we've heard the full one, I think. I just thought, because, like, this scene is really cartoony, I thought they'd just, like, done some Benny Hill-themed song for it. No, okay, that makes much more sense. That would have also been cool. A bunch of stuff happens to the phone, it's a whole big farce, but they end up going down into the sewers, and they pass several sewer workers who are turtles. Yeah! And they're wearing bandanas under their hard hats in colours corresponding to the Ninja Turtles headband colours. Yeah. Yeah, so they, like, chase it into some other building. But that's also, that's not how plumbing works. If you lose something in the sewers, it doesn't just automatically go to the nearest building. Anyway. Um, yeah, so kind of, (laughs) he gets it back eventually. (laughs) Just watch the scene. (laughs) Do some legwork, guys. And he talks to his brother, and we find out that the operation was a success. They removed the twisted spleen. He's got a balloon that says, Mean Spleen Gleaned, and it's shaped like a spleen. And this spleen itself is just sitting in a jar next to him? Very yeah. weird. They don't really let you do that. No, not anymore. They might I, have. Yeah, yeah, they used to. There was like a big thing of like, I've still got my tonsils in a jar. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it's sad to know that if I get into an accident and they have to amputate my leg, I won't even have the silver lining of maybe they'll let me keep it so I can eat it. Yep. 
Awesome. Nice callback. Well done. <laughs> Let's talk about cannibalism again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So in all the fuss, Mr. Peanut Butter's lost the envelope. So Todd and Mr. Peanut Butter kind of escape from Shep Von Trap. They rush back to the dressing room and Mr. Peanut Butter decides to make up the nominations for all 26 categories. Yeah, they basically just, there's the whiteboard's covered in stuff, like all the different things they've written for um, things. But some of the highlights, um, for best actor, they've basically just written what we end up seeing like they've written colin first judge cleaners brad Poot, michael fassbender fassbender spelled wrong but right at the top it just says black people and then they've crossed it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's basically what we end up seeing plus bojack for best supporting actor we've got mark buffalo sylvester stallion christian snail <laughs> tom hardy brackets who is a cat and brackets <laughs> and for cinematography we've got connect for the movie the Hateful BB-8, <laughs> The Haberdasher's Peanut, and for Best Supporting Actress and for Best Actress, they basically just wrote Jennifer Lawrence a lot. Yeah. It's hard to, because, like, obviously, like, they spelt Fassbender wrong and stuff, and, like, there's one where it's a documentary that's they've just written, the one with the guy from the movie. So I kind of wonder if Connect for the movie and The Hateful BB-8 and stuff are actual movies in-universe that got made, yeah. or if they're just, like them not knowing what movies are called when they're <laughs> writing the list. But supposedly they got everything right except Bojack. I guess they were all real movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You must do it pretty close. And I like the documentaries. There's The documentaries apparently are all called Jag, Slag, Crag, Bag, Dag. <laughs> I, I, I liked the joke of how there was Jennifer Lawrence just as a place filler. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter pitches What About Bojack as a nomination because people really liked him in Secretary and he's our friend and Todd's like is he? Yes and Mr. Peanuts but I was like right we've got to sit down and work this out. So uh, Todd is like reluctant he's like we don't have time to talk about my feelings and then Mr. Peanut Butter says there's always time to talk about feelings and like says another quote as my Nana Peanut Butter used to say, there's always time to talk about feelings, because feelings are the ceilings of our hearts, and a leaky feeling ceiling leads to a flood of blood. And I'm cold. Will you pass me that blanket? Which is in direct conflict with talking about your feelings is rough. Yeah, that's So a are good you meant point. to talk about your feelings as a Labrador or not, Mr. Peanut Butter? Yeah. I'm very confused about the world building of emotional honesty in the Labrador Peninsula. <laughs> But maybe he is as well. Life has conflicts. Maybe mm. maybe it's being true to life. Yeah, but Mr. Peanut Butter eventually convinces Todd that they should put Bojack on the nominations list. So then we see Mr. Peanut Butter go out onto stage and actually read them out. And so we kind of caught up. And then back at Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane's house, Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd are having a little bit of a drink while being proud about what they just did. And they're like, and nobody will ever know. And then, of course, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> it's weird that it seems like there was like outrage when they did all of the announcements if Bojack was the only one that was wrong. Yeah. Like even the crowd, like the press were all going like, what? Does Mr. Peanut Butter say that he mm. got all of them right except for Bojack or just most of them right? I think he said he got all of them right except for Bojack, including Avatar for Best Picture, even though that movie's super old. <laughs> oh, <So> okay. <laughs> yeah, that is weird then. I guess maybe they threw that joke in like after they had everyone acting confused. Sloppy writing. Okay, if you say so. Two demerit points. <laughs> Anymore and they lose their license. Yeah, so they're the monks and Chet Von Trap show up at his door. 
Mr. Peanut Butter, we know what you did. Oh boy. Next, we get all caught up. We're back at Bojack's house. Mr. Peanut Butter's just finished telling Bojack that story, and Bojack finds out that he wasn't nominated. And it takes Bojack a while to process the news. He just kind of keeps saying it over and over again. Everyone starts leaving the party because they realize it's not a real Oscar nominees party. Bojack kind of comes to the conclusion. He's like, oh, so I'm just normal then. I'm not special. And Mr. Peanut Butter accidentally mentions that Todd didn't even want to nominate him, which confused Bojack. Hmm. Then everybody kind of leaves. Oh, and then back at Princess Carolyn's office, Princess Carolyn is kind of freaking out about wasting everybody's time, and Judah suggests that maybe she take this time to live one of her other eight lives, which I thought was really cool. She says something about how the only way that she'd get out of this is if another big agency made her an offer she couldn't refuse. <laughs> and Judah, yeah. like, pretty obviously starts going to tell her about the offer he got from Charlie with a spoon and Vega, and then, like, changes his mind and says something else. Like, I think that up until this point, he just hadn't gotten round to bringing it up, because he knew it would be a thing he would have to say delicately, but this was definitely the time he should have brought it up, and he was going to, and he didn't, but he did at least do it because he thinks maybe Princess Carolyn would be happier if she wasn't in this line of work. Yeah. Which is interesting because like Judah is very much played as being unable to read social signals but this kind of proves that he is still like quite empathic. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that he is right. Princess Carolyn would be happier. Mm. And it also shows that he does legitimately care about Princess Carolyn as a person not just as a colleague. Yeah, yeah. It's a really sweet moment but sad. It's been a pleasure working with you, Judah. I have found it to be an above average experience. Please forgive me for getting emotional. There are people outside who presumably have just been laid off. There's a woman holding a cardboard box full of office stuff and there's a stag who <laughs> just has like his mug and his calendar and stuff hanging off his atlas. Oh, yeah. Which is convenient. <laughs> <laughs> if I had atlas, I'd definitely keep stuff in him. Definitely. Snacks. And then we see the the diner, the one that has the the cow waitress working at it, which we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And Diane's there with her friend Roxy, and she's complaining about Bojack. And Roxy kind of points out, well, didn't have to go to his house tonight. Like, you're kind of obsessed with him, which she pushes back on. And Roxy's like, when you got back from Cordovia, you went straight to his house. You didn't call any of your other friends. So that's nice. Diane has other friends. When Diane says to Roxy that Bojack told her that she fetishizes her own sadness, Roxy does not, like, say that that isn't true to comfort her she's just like well what did you expect he's a dick yeah. but like I think I think that Roxy was kind of like I mean it's true but he shouldn't have said that yeah <laughs> That's good. We got some follow-up on Roxy. She still keeps in contact with Roxy. I think that the conversations she has with her are just usually not interesting enough for us to see. <laughs> um, and Diane, while she's there, she is kind of having this like freak out about the water. Yeah, because there's a drought. They're not supposed to refill people's water glasses in California during a drought unless someone specifically asks for it. And she starts like getting mad and like yelling at the restaurant staff and people. And I think this is kind of meant to be her pushing back against... Bojack having told her that she doesn't give a shit about important things anymore. Yes. This is her, like, letting herself get into drama and being obnoxious about something she thinks is right again, which, I don't know, it would be super obnoxious to have someone do that in a restaurant, but it is still, like, I feel like this is still a sign of Diane getting more on track. Also, her arm is still broken from when she took all those drugs. <laughs> yeah, poor thing. 
Or still in a cast, I should say. When she picks up one of the glasses to make a point, she just drops it on the <laughs> yeah. floor. Yeah, and wastes a cup of water. Um, and the sign in the, the background of that scene is still the you are secretariat one. So that's still up. Mm. Also in this episode, we see that there's a blimp that's designed like that as well. It's all mirrored and it says you are secretariat. Well, people can't take down those ads because when they get near it, they can't see that there's something there because it's just a mirror. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's me. Weird. I guess I'll do the next billboard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that the blimp is like causing little spot fires everywhere. And there's oh my God. like a whole team dedicated to who's lighting all these mystery fires in the police department <laughs> or the fire department. I don't know how that stuff works. I don't think it would though. I, I don't think a flat mirrored surface would start a fire because it doesn't focus light. It just reflects it. Oh, okay. Science. Sorry to ruin your fun arson headcanon. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, so next we see Princess Carolyn sitting in her office, picks up Ralph's business card and gives him a call. And Princess Carolyn says that she wants to see him again because she's got some free time coming up. And he's like, well, actually, I met this Russian dancer and now I'm <laughs> married to this dancer in Russia. And Princess Carolyn's like, oh. Yeah, that is like psych. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'd love to see you. I've been thinking about you a lot. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, so things might be going okay for her. We'll see about that later. And lastly, we see at Bojack's house, somebody comes to pick up the giant chocolate Oscar, which makes Bojack really sad. And oh, when the door rings initially, he's like, Anna? And it's not. And then after that guy leaves, he gives her a call and leaves a voice message. And he just gets voicemail. Her voicemail is really funny. You've reached Anna Spanakopita. How did you get this number? Explain yourself. She's <laughs> very her. Yeah. Um, and then Todd shows up. Borjack says that they should go on a holiday. And Todd's like, no, I'm not doing that. Borjack's like, oh, you should. All of the things that I've been, you know, I've done for you. Borjack does point out that he's let him live rent-free in his house for a while. But then the, the end point is, also, you guys ran your business out of my house for a couple of months. Which leads them to talk about Emily. You had sex with Emily? Well, what did you think? I don't know, not that! I just knew something sketchy happened. I thought maybe you gave her one of your weird monologues about how sad you are. Todd, I'm sorry, alright? I screwed up. I, I know I screwed up, I don't oh, know Oh, great, I, of course. Here it comes. You can't keep doing this! You can't keep doing shitty things and then feel bad about yourself like that makes it okay. You need to be better. I know, and I'm sorry, okay? I was drunk and there was all this pressure with the Oscar campaign, but now, now that it's over, I-, I No, no, Bojack, just stop. You are all the things that are wrong with you. It's not the alcohol or the drugs or any of the shitty things that happened to you in your career or when you were a kid. It's you. All right? It's you. Fuck, man. What else is there to say? Todd says the fuck for the season. Yep. Yay. Aaron Paul's delivery is really good. Mm. Like, you don't often see Todd saying serious things. It's usually Aaron Paul, like, super overacting because Todd is mostly a pretty goofy character. But it's, like, a very good performance in this scene. Yeah, very moving. Very real. Also, <laughs> there's this whole um, thing where Bojack is like, Mr. Peanut Butter told me everything, and Todd is like, oh. he told you that when I was a kid, I used to bang on my butt like a bongo drum when I got out of the bath, and I only bring that up because when we see a flashback to that, 
Tuttle, me and Tuttle. Best time come, make Todd shiny and clean. He has a rubber ducky that is like a humanoid rubber ducky that's wearing pants. Didn't even see that. Cool. I'd buy that. <laughs> I liked when Todd was looking for the envelope on himself and he lifted up his hat and there's a sandwich under there and he just starts eating the sandwich. <laughs> that was good. I didn't notice that. That was great. Yeah, that's is that when the episode ends. Yeah, yeah. Just Todd is like, fuck man, and then leaves. Yeah, it's just kind of illustrating the fact that Bojack is pretty much just locked in a cycle of being a jerk and then self-flagellating about it. Like, he does feel genuinely guilty about his behaviour, but he never really puts that much effort into making sure he doesn't do the things. Exactly. And I think you summed it up well when you were talking about him drowning in the pool. He knows the right thing to do or the right direction to go, but he just doesn't do it. He gives up. He really needs to see a doctor. Like He <laughs> does! It, it just seems like so much of his shit basically boils down to depression and anxiety and like possibly some kind of executive function disorder. Like obviously he needs to talk about his deeper childhood issues and stuff with his proper therapist, but a lot of his problems could probably be like softened with medication. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's an executive function disorder? It's like the part of things like depression and ADD and autism sometimes where it's just hard for you to do a thing. It's oh, like procrastination, okay. but about things like reaching over to take a drink of water. Oh, okay. It's just your brain is really bad at pulling the trigger on doing the thing you're meant to be doing, even if it's a really mundane task. So a lot of like household things end up falling by the wayside. And it's kind of the reason why a lot of people assume that people with depression or autism are just lazy, because from the outside it looks quite similar, oh, okay. but it's like a neurological thing. I knew that was a thing. I didn't know it had that name though. Cool. I learned something. I have a bit of executive dysfunction. Not, like, super bad. I can usually snap myself out of it, but... Yeah, I I do that, but I don't think I have that. I think I have a normal level of procrastination. Well, not normal, but, you know, functional. The key difference is that, like, procrastination is generally about things that you don't want to do, whereas executive dysfunction will happen to things that you do want to do. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. Anyway, everyone get therapy. <laughs> yep, that's the message of this podcast. As always, don't be a Bojack. <laughs> no, don't be a Bojack. <laughs> no sense beating a dead horse. You can like us on Facebook at Horse and Aloud, H-O-R-S-A-N apostrophe A-L-O-U-D, or follow us on Tumblr at horseandaloud.tumblr.com. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at horseandaloudpod. And if you like the show, why not rate or review it on iTunes, or just hire us to announce the nominations for your next big award. <laughs> I'm Jem Gonzalez. I'm Paige Google. And until next time, Suck a dick, dumb shits. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> suck a dick, dumb shit. Let's just do it again. Okay. Until next time, suck a dick, dumb shits. Sorry, I wasn't ready. Paige! <laughs> okay, one more time. I'm, I'm, I'm staring at the wall. I'm all finished. Okay. And until next time, suck, suck a, a dick, dick, dumb shits. shits. Cool. <laughs> cool, thanks. <laughs>